0: We have uh, 15 minutes to get through a wonderful chapter in Matthew, in the Gospel. Thanks, Jason. We're going to read, and um, this is where we're at. This is a chapter. This is chapter 11. If you have a Bible or a phone, uh, we're not going to read the entire chapter, but we're going to dwell in the the last part of it. And um, I want you to notice, does this have the laser on it? How does that work? So, Jesus has been teaching and preaching and healing, casting out evil spirits, doing miracles. He's been doing a lot of work between these three cities here in the region of Galilee. And what we're going to read this morning is uh, a lot of human emotion in Jesus because what has happened in these three cities, um, Bethsaida, Capernaum, and Chorazin, is, could be considered somewhat of a failure for Jesus. Um, he was not receiving a warm welcome in these towns and villages, as he did so many great deeds and acts of mercy with the people. and. I want us to consider and to imagine uh, what failure feels like. And I want us to consider um, the words of Christ. He's going he's to be abrupt in this passage. He's going <laughs> to, it's a very awkward passage, especially since it follows what we went through last week with him sending out, people being sent out. And for the religious community, a lot of this stuff is, is hard, hard to hear. Um, which is probably why he hasn't received such a warm welcome in these towns. But uh, John the Baptist has also just been imprisoned by Herod, who rules in this area. Where's my laser? There we go. Herod is the ruler over this area. He's put John the Baptist in prison. So a lot of John's disciples are really confused. A lot of the crowds that have heard Jesus teach and preach are also confused. John's disciples are coming back to Jesus to ask, is this, are, are you the Messiah, the one that our messenger has been talking about? There's a lot of confusion. It's really complex. And there's a lot of human emotion. So um, we're going to read the gospel together. I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the gospel. And we're going to make it through quite a few verses here. What I want you to notice is complaints of Jesus. Moving into warnings from Jesus. Then into some gratitude. And finally, an invitation and welcome. This is kind of all over the place. Those are a pretty big spectrum of emotions. But see if you can, can catch some of this as we read. This is Matthew 11:16 16 through 19, beginning. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating or drinking, and they say, he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Then he began to reproach the cities in which most of his deeds of power had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, Will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Hades. For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that on that day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus said, he's praying now, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, he's addressing the crowd again. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." The word of the Lord. You can be seated. I don't think my mic is working, so I'm going to use my mom voice. it's working. Wonderful. Um, Then I'll tone it down. Uh, So a lot has just happened in this passage, and I think what it does mostly is it humanizes Jesus' response to the lack of response that he has had by his hearers. And probably his despair as uh, John the Baptist is in prison, the confusion in the in the in the region about what he's doing. He is preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and people are not wanting to hear that message. So he gets irritated. He gets a little judgy. He has a lot of warnings for these towns. And what, I, what I, I think I sat in most with this is that his sense, possibly his very human sense of failure, can cause a very human sense of defensiveness. But what I enjoyed and what gave me hope is that his connection with the father and the bigger picture of what's happening is what centers him back into the act of gratitude and then the invitation to the crowds once again to follow him to take to come to come to him and and in, he invites the crowd into something that he can help carry with them these burdens I think with our time I want to I want to just encourage us to to ask questions about these this particular context, these these towns and villages. Um, what was so wrong with Capernaum? Why did it deserve such a a judgment here? Is that just his frustration, just his annoyance at these towns that weren't responding warmly or, was there something going on there? Um, what we know about Capernaum is that it's it's got a great local economy. It has great religious institutions, some synagogues. Uh, people are successful. They're, um, it's a fishing village. It's described as very normal. It's a normal town. I think when we think of judgment in the scriptures, we think of, of ideas like, were there like a lot of brothels in the city? Was there a gambling addiction? Or was there this, you know, guerrilla warfare, some violence? No, Capernaum was very normal. So it's so striking here about Christ's words to this town. It reveals Capernaum's rejection of this God's love, God's kingdom breaking in to something so normal and so self-sufficient. Um, Capernaum, the people were very capable. They, they, were, they were doing pretty good. Um, so what's going on here, writers say that Capernaum likely had almost a perverse normality. Like, Jesus is healing and working and doing all these wonderful acts of mercy and grace and calling people into this new way and the people of Capernaum are just kind of like they, they're unmoved by what's going on around them. It's almost like a blatant, normal, just refusal to accept the love of God breaking into this, this town, this fishing village. Um, maybe they don't care about the people that are receiving healing. If you think about it this way, people that need healing, people that need God to break in, people that need divine sustenance are often in very normalized society, just good structured societies. They're often the throwaway people anyway. So it could be that there's already a disregard for the kinds of people being healed. So the disregard could be continuing. So that guy got healed. Cool. We're we're good. Um, This is super awkward, the way that this passage is is put chronologically. Because I think that if we were to see someone in modern day, um, in our own context, if we were to see someone preaching and then condemning a town, and then turning directly to the Father to pray publicly, it would be kind of <laughs> unbearable among us, I think, if we, if we sit with that. Um, it's almost as if his human emotion had no other place to be put except to the Father who he knew was doing something much greater um, than what was seemed to be not very successful in this in this context I want us to consider our the ways we've experienced healing and we'll close with with this these thoughts and I have questions and we can think through these just on our own but Many of us have observed healing in others, many of us have experienced healing, God's healing in our own lives. Um, Some of us get annoyed by other people's experience of healing. Some of us get annoyed by other people's experiences of gratitude. Sometimes there's stuff going on amongst us, either as a collective, as a group of people, or as a city, or as a society. And some of us are just like, I'm preaching to myself. Um, It's either annoying or it's too much, too much information, we don't want to talk about it. There's certain things we don't want to talk about, we do, I don't have time for that. Lots, lots of stuff here if we're honest with ourselves, about the way that God heals and the way that God can heal. It's interesting how Jesus' frustration then moves to gratitude and then moves back to compassion on this crowd of people hearing this. Come to me, all, all of you who have burdens. I feel like he just placed burdens on these towns by saying this stuff and then he totally changes his angle and says, my yoke is easy. Most preachers break up this passage and preach a couple of the verses at a time, but I kind of like how awkward this this got for me as I looked at the whole thing. Misty prayed for a woman named Jasmine this morning, and I—I I was thinking about Jasmine over the last two weeks. I met Jasmine at a a Black Lives Matter. I don't even want to say it was promoted as that, but it was a Jasmine was organizing a time and a space for the family of Darius Smith, who was shot locally in Arcadia, to grieve. And this um, was posted, and I had the afternoon free with two of my kids, and I went. um, And Jasmine, this woman, this organizer, when we got there, there weren't a lot of people there. And she said, you know, this is kind of a failure. I feel like a failure tonight because family is, I know they're grieving and I know they're trying to get here, but no one comes to Arcadia for these things. And we had a conversation and um, I went as an observer and as a participant in grief because I think um, when people are crying Is it possible for a society to to cry with with and alongside? So when we were there, Jasmine got into a verbal altercation with another woman who was there. And the other woman was grieving the loss of her own son in Los Angeles two years ago. And I didn't know any of the details of any of these uh, shootings or any of these the, the loss of life that was being represented in this small group of people. But the, the, the tension of grief was so evident in their conversations with each other because there, we were all there for the same reason, to grieve and to speak out and to lament. But their conversation escalated. And the woman that was um, there from Los Angeles it seemed like she was in so much despair. She had a t-shirt on with her son's face on it. And she said, I'm here for my son. I'm grieving for my son. You're just doing this for attention. And it was a, it was a really, really difficult conversation to watch. And it was going to escalate. And the woman that, that was visiting from LA, she wanted it to get physical. There's a few of us there nearby, (laughs) I thought to some of the stories we've read about people kind of juggling when it takes, (laughs) like, how do you take the attention off of a, what could be something that could escalate into physical um, aggression, and Jasmine kind of looked around and said, I don't want this to go like this, We're, we're here for the same reasons. Um, But she was, she didn't know how to move it forward. And when I observed this happening, what it did to me was, it made me realize that on a societal level, there are places where healing is happening, and where healing needs to happen more. And I tell you, in this moment with these two grieving women, I've, I have not, in a long time, felt closer to the presence of God's spirit among us because there was, at that point, no way forward. I looked at Jasmine. Jasmine was trying to change the subject. My kids were running around. And <laughs> I said, you know, this is like, it was what it was, I said, you know, we, we're we all here for the same reasons. It's just love, even when there's enemies, love, love, love. And she said, yeah, I, I'm, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I organize these things. And the, the other woman backed down. Um, I felt in the moment like I didn't want to be the person in Capernaum unable to watch how God might heal in a a situation. And I was blessed to be in that place with these people who were grieving. And I wonder, in our personal lives, in our family lives, in society, in different pockets of places where God is healing and will continue to heal in us, how do we remain open to the kingdom of God breaking in in those moments, in those places? Jasmine went away discouraged about the event that night, but I think she also went away empowered by the people that were there, encouraging her to not only make it through that conversation with grace and without reacting, but it, it it was beautiful to see then prayer candles were exchanged. And then another guy showed up, and he had children. And there were these people of all ages and all ethnicities trying to support a place in society simply by showing up. And I have felt like some of these areas in society where we do need healing, all of us. So many of us can stick to the information that's in front of us about those movements or about those those people or about the people grieving or, or getting through loss. But that can't be our only reception of the kingdom of God. We can't limit ourselves to the information about what's going on. Like Craig said, we got to love who's in front of us. And sometimes we're in those moments of giving and receiving love when it's hard and we don't know what to say or we don't know why we were there or what led to such and such or how it unfolded. We're going to do a sending prayer and I I realize we have to get to this. Um, We want to send off Craig and Alicia and Buck and Taylor, and Michael and Jessica and their children, through prayer. Um, And Josh is going to come forward and lead us in that. But as we consider Capernaum, Bethsaida, Chorazin, these villages of restricted acceptance of the kingdom of God breaking in, I hope that we can consider and look back to the way that God has healed in our own lives, and to pay attention, just to pay attention to what the Spirit of God is doing in and among us here and in whatever context we are sent into.